Good morning, come on. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, can we just give the Lord a shout of praise? Just give him all the glory even now. God, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. And we just come before you this morning and we just worship you. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Amen. Come on, let's get ready to worship.
was Jesus. And there was one person at his feet just holding on to him and worshiping him. But the rest of the field was filled with people doing that with statues. And God was saying, you don't need to know what it is that moves me. Just come to me. Come to me. Let go of those things that you're holding on to and, and make this step and come to me. Because none of that's real. None of that breathes. None of that loves. None of that does anything. But God does. So come to God. Come to God. Let go of those statues. Let go of those idols in your life. And just come to God and he's going to show you what moves him.
Worship is stopping does not mean his presence is not here, does not mean his presence cannot move. So welcome to Redeeming Love, whether you're here, sitting down, or you're with us online, we are really happy that you're with us today. Um, Got to juggle some things here. Um, one of the ways that we engage with you is with the Engage card. Okay, the Engage card. If you did not get one when you came in, please raise your hand and an usher will bring you one. And if you are online, you can um, click the little button on uh, Facebook and redeeminglovechurch.org um, and send us some information about yourself, okay? We would really love it if you would fill it out um, as best you can. But an email is always great. A working email is even better. Um, and a phone number um, that works also with maybe a voicemail or something, just in case we need to get in touch with you. Or if you ask for prayer or ask for contact, we need to be able to contact you. So please put that on there. On the back, there are still sign me up to serves. There always will be, because as we grow, our serving team needs to grow. And um, Pastor will talk about today I, and this week I will. We really, really enjoy the prayer requests that we get because then we know how to pray for you. We also enjoy the praise reports. Um, if there's not enough room there, send us an email, okay? Or call the church and leave a message or say, hey, I've got this great testimony and I don't wanna jam up your voicemails, so we'll give you a call, okay? Um, just share that with us. Please share that with us. It's important, okay? Um, let's see, I'm gonna juggle here. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put that down. There we go. Um, today is the fourth week of the membership class, okay? It is at 12 o'clock today in the Sequoia classroom in the Engage Kids Wing. 12 o'clock, fourth membership class, Sequoia classroom. Easter is in two weeks, can you believe it? It is in two weeks, and we are having services at nine and 11. Um, please be praying about who you're going to invite. As you came in, there were little invite cards. I'm sure the pastor will whip one out of his pocket and show it to you. Make sure you carry it in your pocket when you leave here, or in your pocketbook, or in your satchel, or in your backpack, because you know when we invite people, it's always good to give them hard copy, right? Something that they can tangibly touch, and that they can maybe you know put on their kitchen table as they throw it on there, but God's gonna keep bringing it to light to them. All right. The other thing about Easter is that, got to put that down. I have my cell phone today. If I can do this, you can do this, okay? So here we go. Go to Facebook. Take out your phones. Come on. It's okay. You're not going to get a demerit. There's no suspension. Take out your phones and go to Facebook. And when you go to Facebook, there's this little, like, magnifying glass thing, right? So if I touch that and I go to Redeeming Love Church, there we go. I'm on Redeeming Love Church, and as I go, you will see that there will be posted an invite to Easter. 
okay? So if you are on that invite, you can, um, let's see here, I don't see it here, but basically you can see me. If you wanna share, don't share me, share the invitation to Easter, okay? So you hit the, um, keep scrolling, she's saying, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. The joy of the cross, thank you, Pastor Stacy. You can hit share on that and then share it to your feed or you can share it to um, particular people. I would share it to your feed because you're gonna reach more people. And then tomorrow when you go on Facebook, because you're all Facebook hounds probably, it's okay, but do something constructive with it and every day share the Easter invite, the joy of the cross. Because you know, if you share it once, just once it's going to get lost in somebody's feed but if you share it in the morning and you share it in the evening and i wish i had time i would have looked up the statistic on when people who are on facebook and really do facebook how many times a day they click it up you can actually look those statistics up they're wonderfully fun um but share it share it repeatedly be like the hound of heaven be the person who's going to share it because you know what the more you share it the more someone might show up and if somebody shows up it might be that day for them that day when they accept Christ into their lives and their world changes changes right so do it don't be don't be that person that says oh you know I don't want people to think I'm oversharing you're not gonna overshare Jesus you are not gonna overshare Jesus so if I can do this you can do it all right I gotta pick up my papers because there's a couple more things all right we want to let you know that the Compass Care Walk this year is May 6th. There will be more information to come, but feel free while your phone is out to put that in your calendar, all right? We also would like to ask you to refrain from having beverages on the carpet. Water is a beverage, but it, that is okay, because if water spills, it just dries. But if coffee, tea, soda, all kinds of things, juice, spill, it's very hard for us to get it out of our carpet. And we're nursing our carpet as best we can to keep it healthy and strong um, so that it looks good, right? So please don't do that. Water is fine. And water's better for you anyway, okay? All right. It is finally time to dismiss the children. And you know, we are so thankful for the children that come in. Pastor Matt shared last week that we're a generational church and families are getting saved. So you know what? These little ones, they're gonna have Jesus. They already do have Jesus because of our loyal teachers. So let's thank, yeah, give, give the teachers a round of applause. Woo! Thank you, thank you so much. Engage kids, leaders, and teachers. Lord God, we pray blessing on these children and blessing on those who are teaching them, Lord God. Fill that place with your spirit so that it overtakes us here in the sanctuary. We thank you that you are with them and that you're building them into kingdom leaders. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Pastor Matt will be bringing the next message in the sermon series, What is Man? right after these announcements. Come on.
Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Come on, is that good or what? God is good all the time. God is good. Amen, amen, amen. As we were in worship today, I really just got this sense that uh, there is an invitation for all of us to encounter the Lord. There's an invitation for all of us to encounter uh, the power of God, the love of God, the, the strength of God. It's there for each one of us. And all we have to do is say yes. All we have to do is say, I want that. I want more. And as we say yes, and as we say, I want more, uh, we're going to enter into those deeper realms of encounter. And the Lord is doing something uh, special here. God, the Lord is doing something fantastic. The Lord is doing something that we can't, we can never think to do on our own. And so we're just excited and we want to partner with all that the Lord is doing. But what the Lord is doing is he is transforming lives because that's who he is. He is a God who, who is a God of transformation. We bring him what is broken and what is and what is um, hurting, and he brings healing, he brings transformation, he brings wholeness, he brings all of who he is to bear in our life, and it's glorious. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to finish, uh, we're going to finish this series today, What is Man? And we've been talking about um, who we are in Christ. Amen? Amen? Who are you? Who are you? That was the first message. Who are you? Do you know who you are in Christ? And so I think, yeah, I think a lot of us, for a lot of us, we discovered a lot about who we are in Christ. Yeah. And then we, then we asked the question, who told you that? And we discovered the lies that the enemy spoke about us. And we cast down those lies and we replaced them with the truth that comes from the word of God. Amen. I love the word. I've shared this before. I have a love affair with the Word. There's nothing like the Word. I have, I think, 17 Bibles. My wife bought me one last year. First thing I did when I got it out of the box, I opened it up. I, was, couldn't, I can't imagine the joy that's on my face because I got another Bible. And uh, I pull it out. It was brown. And I, there's something about the leather. And then I just opened it up. You know, the pages on the Bibles don't smell like, there's not another book in the planet that smell like the pages of a Bible. I'm, I, I have an addiction, and I'm not going to BA. I'm not going to Bible Anonymous, right? I'm not going there. If there's one thing that you can be addicted to and it's going to be okay, it's this. As we know the Word of God, as we read the Word of God, as we absorb the Word of God, it has the power to transform our lives. Just reading this one book. Throw every other book that you have out and just read this one over and over and over and over again until you break it in half and then go buy another one. I've done this. I read, I read my first Bible so much it broke. It broke right at Matthew chapter 7. Can anybody tell me what that is? It's a Sermon on the Mount. It broke at Matthew chapter 7. That was my first Bible. <laughs> There's, there's no such thing as knowing too much of the word. There's no such thing. That doesn't exist. There's no, one, of, one of my efforts here, and I didn't realize I was doing it until last night, one of my efforts here, in, even in this message, is to give you so much scripture because even if, even if what I say has no meaning, the scripture has power. The scripture itself has power. 
uh, pastor from Schenectady used to say, I don't know much, but I know the word. And I know the word says. And I know the word has power. And so I don't know a lot, but I'm going to tell you what the word says, guys. I don't need to know anything except this. After we came against the lies of the enemy, we learned who we are in Christ. And we learned the authority that we have. This is the past three weeks. The authority that we have as believers. Some of us are going to have to revisit that. Ephesians, just keep rereading it until you understand that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are seated at the right hand of God. You have the power of Jesus. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to you to bring the kingdom of God to bear in the earth. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. That's what it tells me. That's what my word says. All, all, all authority in heaven and on earth. Not just the authority on earth, but the authority in heaven too. Yeah. I'm not making this up. This is just what the word says. We have a, the word of God gives us the, gives us the right to believe the word and then to do what it says. My Bible says, <laughs> my Bible says that Jesus has given me all, all power and authority on earth and in heaven. In heaven and on earth. I know it just gets to be this point of like, you know, that can't be right. But it's right. So today I want to talk about, so, so for three weeks we've gone through this transformative process in our own mind. This transformative process in our thinking about who we are. Amen? Amen? How many of you feel transformed over the past three weeks that God has done a work through three messages? Who am I? What lies have I believed? And what is my authority in Christ? God has transformed our lives. Amen? Amen. Today's message, what is man? We're going to go outside of ourselves. Whoo! So turn your eyes to your left and turn your eyes to your right. Look at the person sitting to your right. Look at the person sitting to your left. And so this is what I want to talk to you about today. Is I want to talk to you about brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters in Christ. The person that is sitting on our left and the person that is sitting on our right. And so today's message is entitled Honor One Another. And so we, we have a culture of honor here at Redeeming Love. And we've, we've walked this out for years. Part of the reason why the transition, I've talked to lots of pastors. I've seen thousands of transitions go horribly wrong. Part of the reason why the transition here went so well was because there's such a level of honor between Pastor Tom and myself and between myself and Pastor Tom. It's that honor that brings the, the, the fullness of God. And so what I want to invite all of us here today is to revisit our idea of honor as it pertains to my brother and sister sitting right in the pew next to me, in the pew behind me, in the pew in the chair in front of me, all around me, on the other end of the room, and I don't sit next to them because of whatever reason. Those are the people that we're going to talk about honoring today. A little louder for those in the back. Those are the people that we're going to be honoring, talk about honoring today. Amen. Come on. Oh, boy. Pastor Matt. 
Come on. You know, sometimes God gives me hard words to preach, and I'm okay with that. Sometimes you're not going to like what I'm going to say, and you're okay with that. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you're okay with it. Uh, Romans 12.10 says this. It says, be devoted. We're going to revisit this scripture later, but I'm going to throw it in here beginning because this is really the, the crux of the issue. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor, honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor is God's idea. It's not my idea. Psalm 8, what is man? That's the whole uh, sermon series. What, are, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you would visit him? For you have made him a little lower than Elohim, creator God, and you have crowned him with what? Glory and honor. Who did it? God did it. What do we have? Glory and honor. Who has it? We all have it. We all have it. I'm going to read, this isn't in my uh, slides. I'm just going to read this to you because you can't have enough scripture. I mean, we could, but you can't get enough. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. For the body is one and has many members, but all of the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, or whether slaves or free and we have all been made into drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And so it doesn't matter when you look around whether you know we're young or old, whether we're from this nation originally or not, or whether we're from Troy or our surrounding area or whatever it is. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're completely healed, you're walking in the fullness. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you know one scripture or no scriptures or all the scriptures. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we're here. We're all part of the body of Christ. And we're all one. So stop hating ourselves. Stop treating ourselves in such a way that we... We want to go out of our way to avoid one another. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it not a hand? Am, am I, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? How would we hear anything? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? How would we smell anything? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleases. And if they were all one members, if they were all one member, where would the body be? And so we're talking about unity today. We're talking about coming together. We're talking about honoring one another today. But I want to say that unity is not about uniformity. We're not all called to do the same thing. We, we can't all look the same. Please don't try to look like me. I'm not going to try and look like you. We all need to look like and we all need to be ourselves because you're a special gift to this planet. And you can only, you're the only one on the planet that can do what God has given you to do. I can't do your part. And you can't do my part. We just can't. We can't do one another's parts. We share, we work together, we're all hoeing the same row, we're all working the same field, we're all the same body, but we've all got different, we've all got different jobs. 
come on, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. But now indeed there are many members in yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. But no, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but on our presentable parts we have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism, no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, then all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, then all of the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So, we are a body. Let's start acting like it. Amen? We're going to talk about this today. Honor, I want to give you a, defini I want to give you a definition of a culture of honor. Honor celebrates who a person is without tripping over who they're not. Honor celebrates who a person is without tripping over who they're not. Honor celebrates who God made each one of the members of the body to be. Look around the room. That person that, you know, you just don't like to talk to. God gave them... <laughs> Brian and Amy are, are laughing at one another. They're, they're talking about one another over there. <laughs> God gave them specific gifts. God gave them certain abilities. God created them to be a specific individual. That's what we honor them for. And we're not going to trip over. We're not going to get caught up with. We're not going to get hung up on the fact that, you know, I, that person talks with an accent. You know, that person talks through the word. That person, you know doesn't ever move in worship. That person crosses his arms like this during worship. That per we, we could pick any, there's way too many reasons for me to begin to list of why we decide that I'm not going to receive from so-and-so because, you know, X, Y, and Z, A, B, C, and there's not even enough letters. We get, we get into some equations and it'll be ugly. Part of Loving one another is honoring one another. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40, you guys should know this by heart by now. Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do we love one another? Do we love one another? You shall love the neighbor, your neighbor as yourself. One of the ways that we love is through honoring is through honoring one another. On these two commandments hang all of the law and all of the prophets. Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who's in Christ Jesus? Raise your hands. Raise your hands if you're in. Raise your hands if you're in. Raise your hands if you're in. Are you in Christ Jesus? That means are you a Christian? Every hand, every hand, every hand, pretty much every hand. I think every hand. All right, so we're all in. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. The Bible's saying that because, what we're saying here is because of the law of the spirit, because of what Christ did, we are no longer limited by the Old Testament law. We're no longer limited by the fact that we are not perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah, amen. Somebody say amen. I'm here to tell you today that you're not limited because you're not perfect. Does anybody get happy about that? I am thrilled with the fact that I am not limited in my walk with Christ because I'm not perfect. Because you know what? After 30 years of walking with the Lord, I'm just still not perfect yet. Oh, my Lord. And those first couple years, I'm telling you, Miss Elizabeth, it was touch and go for a little bit. You know, people were questioning. They were looking at me, and they were like, boy, I don't know about that kid. He ain't got it straight. He's going to be messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the way that we look at others. And we shouldn't because there is no condemnation <laughs> you know I'm not saying that sins okay but what we have to do is we have to learn to process it differently in our minds when I used to work landscaping we used to put the tools away at the end of the day and if I put the shovel in the wrong spot my dad would say the shovel doesn't go there or if I put the shovel away without wiping it off, he's like, you didn't wipe off the shovel, right? So if all you ever say is, hey, the shovel doesn't go there, 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 and you don't tell me where it goes, guess what? I'm just gonna keep putting it in the wrong spot. I could guess a thousand times and still get it wrong. I mean, there's only, I think there was only like 25 different slots where they could possibly go, and there were already other shovels there, so it was kind of easy to figure it out. But, <laughs> come on, work with me here. If all, if all you keep doing is saying it doesn't go there, 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 I'll never figure it out. But if you tell me just once, hey, listen, the shovels go over here, and this is very natural, this makes, us, this makes sense to us, right? If <laughs> somebody's shaking their head, nope, that's, what, that's the way it is at my work. That's what they do at my work. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus. Lost my train of thought. Beautiful. Shovel. If all you ever do is keep telling me, doesn't go there, doesn't go there, doesn't go there, doesn't go there, and you never tell me where it goes, then I'll never figure out where it goes. But if you tell me just once, it goes here. The potential exists for me to always put it back in the right place. I'm not saying that I will because, you know, over those first couple of years, Elizabeth, I was pretty, you know, thick-headed, and I didn't quite get it. And there were people looking at me thinking, like, well, man, that kid's this. But it took me a little bit. And so it took me a little while to figure out where the shovel actually went. And so what we need to do is we need to stop saying, hey, listen, the shovel doesn't go there. And we need to start saying, hey, listen, I love the fact that you're putting tools away. The shovel goes over here like this, and it, go it hangs like that, Okay. That's the way I want to see it done. Thank you. What does that look like? So let's transfer. We're talking about natural things. Now let's transfer that back into the spiritual things. What does that look like in the spirit? Stop sinning. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. Guess what? If you tell me a thousand times to stop sinning, I'm just going to keep sinning because I don't know where the shovel goes. I don't know how not to sin. But if you would tell me just once, I, obviously, you may have to tell me more than once because you know, Elizabeth, those first couple years when people were. It's just, <laughs> it goes over here. Hey, do it this way. Hey, you're going to make it. Do this. Read your word. Come on out to prayer. Hey, you know, be more loving when you talk with your light wife. Hey, you know, X, Y, and Z, do this. Be more loving when you talk with your kids. Hey, 
you know, be more considerate when you're talking with your coworkers. I know they're heathen. <laughs> I know they're heathens. But Daniel worked with the most demon-possessed people on the planet, and he did all right. So, I mean, I'm sure that that's not who you're working with. Not unless you're working in, like, well, this is the, one that <laughs> the car business. <laughs> I wasn't going to go anywhere, and then I couldn't help myself. I was... <laughs> I was, I've heard, I don't know, I've not worked it, but I've heard. <laughs> For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Do we pay attention to this? Do we live like this? Do we think about this? Do we treat ourselves this way? And then do we treat others this way? <sighs> Thank you. That was great. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> uh, if we, all that's all, that's, this is honestly... That's it. I mean, that's honestly, if you've got it, honest to God, if you've got it, then I'm done today. But I don't think you have it yet, so let's read some more. <laughs> For now, it's all going to make more sense. Now watch this. For the, what the law could not do in that it was weak, don't put the shovel there. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so Jesus came. Here's the beautiful thing. Is that Jesus came and he made us righteous because of what he did on the cross. The apostle Paul says, it's not, I have no righteousness within myself of anything that I've done. The apostle Paul who went on missionary journeys for years of his life, ran around the world following Jesus because the Holy Spirit told him to, preaching the gospel everywhere as he went, doing right and doing good, said, we're talking like, you know, Billy Graham. You know, I think pick your favorite, most biggest uh, uh, Christian celebrity. Pastor Matt, yeah, me, myself. That's great. <laughs> Love you guys. You guys are great. Feel it. I have no righteousness. That person, whoever he is in your mind, has no righteousness in themselves. It may look to you like I do everything right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's a veil, and it's good. <laughs> I'm joking. It's funny, guys. Laugh. <laughs> but I have no righteousness in myself. My righteousness comes from Christ and Christ alone. Now, I say that now, but you know what, Elizabeth? That same thing was true years and years ago for the first year and a half. I don't know how long it was when people were looking at me and thinking, like, man, that kid, he's not going to make it. At that point, when it still looked like I wasn't going to make it, my righteousness was still found in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why was, if, if I had died at that point, in you know my early years when I'm still living in sin or whatnot, whatever, when I have gone to heaven, was I following Jesus? I was following Jesus, man. I just couldn't just couldn't get over it yet. Would I have gone to heaven? Absolutely. My reward may have been burned up. You know, the Bible says stuff about that. But listen, how did God see me? He saw me as righteous. Why? Because not because of anything that I did. Why does he see me as righteous now? He doesn't see me as righteous now because I'm a pastor, because I know the word, because I because because, because nothing none of that. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. I will never, ever, 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 ever earn it. I could save the whole planet. 
I could go out today, save seven billion people. I still haven't earned it. There's only one person who's earned it. It's Christ. You know, there's this, there's this thought within Christianity, and I've heard people say, oh, Jesus can't come back because the bride isn't ready, right? It says in, in, in the scriptures that the bride is making herself ready, and I'm looking at the bride, which is the church, and, you know, the bride's not ready. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. That's because you're looking with your natural eyes. If you're looking with the eyes of God, what does he see? He sees the righteousness of Christ across the church. Oh, yeah, Jesus is ready to come back. The bride is ready. The bride is righteous. The bride is spotless. The bride is whole. The bride is everything she needs to be for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come on. The bride of Christ is the church. We're all the church. We're ready. And it isn't because of anything that we've done. Now, that doesn't negate the fact that we should get sin out of our life. It doesn't negate the fact that we should do the right thing. It doesn't negate the fact... It just, it's just, if, if anything, it's the love of God that compels us to push in even harder, yeah. to go for it even more. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when we look at our neighbor, when we look at our brother and sister in Christ, when we look at the rest of the members of the body here at Redeeming Earth, are we looking with our spiritual eyes and are we seeing who God made them to be? Or are we simply looking at their failures? Are we simply looking at their lack? Are we simply looking at what they're not? All things have become new. I am a new creation. Listen, I don't know about all of you. You guys might be living your old life, but I'm a new creation. When I went through the waters of baptism, my old man died. My old flesh died. I came up out of that water, and I am new. I have been bought. I have been paid. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We say these things, but do we believe them about ourselves? And do we believe them about our neighbor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism. Boy, I just said that. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of of life walk like you're supposed to walk like a christian why because you said you're walking after christ so walk like it galatians 2 20 i have been crucified with christ it's no longer i who live but christ who lives in me i don't know about you guys but i quote these things all the time i speak these things to myself all the time all the time all the time all the time and so if you don't know these scriptures some of them are just simple and i threw them in there because i want you guys to know who you are who am I? I? It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live in the flesh by faith in the Son of God. The life that I now live, I live for God. This life isn't my life anymore. It's his life. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In true righteousness and holiness. We're both, we're both holy and fun. <laughs> See, we have this, there, someone laughed. There is this thought that is uh, systemic within humanity. It's not just within the church. There's this thought that's systemic within humanity that holiness 
must be boring. And I'm here to tell you today that holiness is fun. Actually, holiness leads to the most fun you'll ever have, and I'm not talking about holy fun. talking about something that only married people do. Holy fun. There's holiness and there's fun, but it's together. They may be held in tension, but they are together. Holiness is the most fun you'll ever have. My Bible says, Psalm 16, 9, verse, uh, Psalm 16, verse 11, there are pleasures forevermore at his right hand. Pleasures forevermore. Have you, have you begun to dip into the pleasures at God's right hand? They're there, and we will experience them, and we will have new experiences of pleasure in God forevermore. Wow. And you're like, holiness isn't fun. I'm like, man, you don't know 1611. You don't know Psalm 1611. Come on. Just one thing. Get into the presence of God. It's that invitation. Come on in. The water's great. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we know Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. There are different gifts within the body of Christ. One might have a gift for healing. One might have a gift for finances. One might have a gift for helps. One might have a gift for uh, making food. One might have a gift for something else. And something, a hundred people in here, hundred gifts. Can't list them all. And so if we make up our mind that I'm not going to associate, I'm not going to say hello to, I'm not going to interact with so-and-so, and so I'm going to use the term so-and-so for that one person that you don't like to interact with. Okay, so so-and-so, you fill in the blank. So-and-so, you fill in the blank. Because I don't, I don't like to say random names because there's always, always somebody here by that name and I can't do that. So I'll do so-and-so. And so, and so, and so, and so, we're all confused. When we get so caught up and we won't talk with so-and-so, now we remove the ability for so-and-so to be a blessing in our life. And so if so-and-so has the gift of healing, but we won't talk to, we can't receive from so-and-so, then you can't have healing. Or if so-and-so has a gift of financial, right? There's, there are just some people that God has blessed financially, right? Anything they put their hand to, it prospers. Anything that they touch, it turns to gold. This is a reality in the kingdom of God. I've seen it time and time and time again. But if you won't talk to so-and-so because of whatever reason, and they've got that ability. Here's the, here's the deal, guys, is that that ability, those, these things of the kingdom, they're transferable from one to another. So that person, that everything that they touches lays to, turns to gold, guess what happens if they put their hands on you? But, you know, you, you've got this thing with so-and-so, and so you can't let so-and-so touch you. So you can't be turned to gold. Second Corinthians five eighteen through 20. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 
That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We read this last week. As though God were pleading through us, we implore, implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I want to I look at this scripture again there. It says uh, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not, not imputing their trespasses to them. Not imputing their trespasses to them. God was not counting our sins against us. That's what it means, imputing, counting, trespasses, sins against them. God does not count our sins against us. So why are we counting our brothers and sisters' sins against them? We're called to be like God. <laughs> I know it's hard. I know it's, it's a path. I know we're all walking there. And so take it as an encouragement. Let's, let's move on beyond the point of not associating with someone because so-and-so does such and such. And let's move to the point where I am willing to receive the gift of God has in you. I'm willing to receive the gift that God has working in and through you, even though you know, Elizabeth, it's, it's like that first year and a half, is there? It's just, it's not, I'm not sure if he's going to make it. And so for some of us, if for me, maybe it was a year and a half. For some others, maybe it's a little bit longer period. But you know what? God, at that first year and a half, was not counting my sin, imputing my sin against me. He wasn't counting my sin against me. He still had the ability to use me in my weakness. In my weakness. Actually, his strength is made perfect in weakness, Bible tells us. When we're weak, he's strong. When we can't do it, that's the perfect thing. Here, <laughs> go out and find out what you're really good at, and that's probably not the call of God upon your life. <laughs> if we can't make it any more confusing, we have this gift test. Take the gifts test, whatever your gifts test says that you can know. It's a little different. It's a little different. Whatever, whatever it is that you think that you are naturally good at, that's probably not the area where God's going to use you. Because he likes to use people who can't do things. <laughs> I can't do it. You're qualified. I can't. I, I, I'm terrified of that. You're the best candidate. I have no ability there. I'll take you. I want you on my team. Why? Because when I can't do it, God has to do it. And when God does it, it's better than I can do it. He just uses me as his mouthpiece. He works through me. It's him working through me. Not counting my sin against me. Are any of us perfect? No, none of us are perfect. So why would we, just because one man's sin is obvious and another man's sin is not, we don't need to count one another's sins against ourselves. I'm not saying that we don't um, seek to correct sin, but the Bible instructs us pastors that as we bring correction to sin, that we should do so gently, gently and tenderly. I'm not going to run into the place and be like, listen, you didn't put the shovel away again for the 35th time. Come on, get it straight. That's not the way God is. That's not the way I am. That's not the way you are. I just prophesied. <laughs> hey, you know, I see that 
every time we come back from work, the shovel's in the wrong spot. So if you could just come with me, I want to show you where it goes. And I'll even show you, I'll give you the instructions, like this is a very specific way that I want you to wipe it down with the cloth. And then it hangs on the hook over here. And so that's the way it do it's done. And so I'm instructing them in the way of righteousness. I'm not just continuing to point at, what, at their failure. If all we ever say is, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, what are they going to do? They're going to do that. But if we're going to say, do it like this, now they have the ability to do the right thing. Philippians 2, 3, do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. There's this very interesting um, thought, you know, and we can, we can get to this place very simply just by asking a simple question. When you look at other people, do you look up at other people? Do you feel like you're beneath them? Do you look down at other people? Do you feel like you're above them? Or do you look out and everybody's equal? Right? And so these are just different perspectives. And so some of us have a tendency to be one way or another. Right? Some of us, or, or some of us have a tendency to flip-flop like this. Right? But we're very, but we're very, very little like this. And all that we're supposed to do is look like this because we're all even, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Let's strip away, let's strip away the giftings and the talents and the abilities that were given us by God. And who are we? We're all equal. We're all the same. There's no difference. It doesn't matter if you're 100 or if you're 1 or if you're anywhere in between. It doesn't matter if your hair is white or gray or brown or red or any other color on the planet. It doesn't matter. 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 Everyone is valuable. Everyone has value. Everyone, everyone, everyone is valuable. And so we need to get to this place where we look at everybody equally. We never need to look down on anyone. And we shouldn't ever elevate and look up at anyone either. There may be people that we find that we want to imitate their life because they walk with Christ in a nice way, and I want to imitate that. But I don't need to elevate them to the point where we're bowing down and worshiping them. We don't need to look up at them and, and think like, oh, I can't even talk to this person because so-and-so and such-and-such. They're human, just like you and me. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like all of us. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but is what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Grace to the hearers. So let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. If you can't say anything nice, well, louder for the kids in the back. If you can't say anything nice, there you go. You guys know it. I don't know if the younger generation knows it, but us older generation knows it. And sometimes I think we, maybe we just we need to start repeating it. If you can't say anything nice, don't, don't say anything at all, and you'll be okay. But if you can speak a word of edification, come on, a word of encouragement, a word of exhortation, a word of comfort, it imparts grace to the hearers. Where does grace come from? God. It comes from God. Grace comes from God. What is grace? Grace is God's supernatural power and ability and strength to do what you need to do. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that when I speak, I impart the strength of God to an individual? 
Yes. I'm not gonna make it any more complicated. That's exactly right. You nailed it on the head. When you speak a word of edification, you actually impart the strength of God, power of God to that individual to be able. Are you kidding me? That doesn't seem right, Pastor Matt. God's the only one who parts grace. But my Bible says that he's given me all authority in heaven and on earth. So I have the authority. I have the authority. Come on, somebody got excited. I have the authority to dole out grace whenever I want. You're going to be a great dad. You're going to be a great father. You're going to be a great husband. You're going to be a great mom. You're going to be a great husband. You're going to be fantastic. You're going to be even better. You're going to be healed. I'm imparting grace all over the place. Just because I'm giving words of exhortation, encouragement, grace is just, there's a flow going right now. And God's just like, bang, 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 bang. Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt, I heard you telling that, that, that man that he was going to be a, a good husband, father. Man, do you know what he's doing, you know, at home? I know. But, you know, I mean, I need to tell people how to, how to put the shovel away right. <laughs> because when I tell them how to put the shovel away right, it actually imparts grace. Come on. So when we speak, Bible says that men will be judged for every idle word. That, that scripture alone, well, that one, just that one, should make us all want to close our mouths. <laughs> Did me. I mean, I was already a quiet person. Believe that. Every idle word, judged for every idle word. I'm terrified. What's an idle word? Idle words are words spoken not in faith. Do you have faith in God about what you're saying? I said this before, I'm going to say it again because by our words, guys, it's by our words. What are we saying? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I can't stress enough how important what we say is. Watchman Nee said that uh, Christians shouldn't speak unless the Holy Spirit prompts them. I said before, I think that that would eliminate 80% of conversation for all Christians. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is, tended to, is intended to lead you to repentance? You know, I talked about, I'm talking about uh, this time where, you know, my life wasn't in order, right? And so we were all there once. And how did we come to walk the right way? It was because of the goodness of God. Why? Because of the goodness of God. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't because I tried harder. It wasn't because, because of the goodness of God. It's because of his mercy. It's because of his grace. It's because of who he is and who he can be in us. 
And really, it's about surrender. It's about surrender. Will we surrender what we think? Will we surrender our ways and allow him to have his way? And see, this is the struggle that we struggle with to walk the Christian walk. It's the struggle between our way and his way. The struggle between our way and his way. And I'm just here to tell you today, in case you don't already know this, his way is always right. <laughs> his way is not, always, not only always right, it's never wrong. But my way... It becomes polluted with vain imaginations and deceitful lusts and whatever else pollutes the human mind. My mind gets polluted with those things, with the world around me. And so it's about walking his way. Are we ready to walk his way? Are we fully committed to walking his way? Are we fully committed to laying down that anything in our lives that's not his way? Because we need to be. That's when we get fast-tracked. That's when the grace gets imparted. That's when all bets are off because here comes Jesus and the Holy Spirit to change everything in your life. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you've never surrendered and said, God, I want your way and not my way. If you've never said that to him, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you've never made the decision to follow the Lord, I want to invite you to do that today. It's real simple. Here's the, here it is. We're all sinners. We've all done it the wrong way. God's got the right way. And when we surrender our way to his way, it's called repentance. We trade in our thinking and we take on his thinking. And so if that's you here today, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And just pray with me and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've done it my way far too long. I want to do it your way. God, I want to follow you in all things. Come into my life. Fill me in my heart. And lead me in your righteousness and in your holiness. I believe that you are the son of God that you suffered on the cross, you died and were buried. On the third day, you rose again in victory. And that you are seated with God in heavenly places. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, there's a box on your engage card that says, today I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If that's you, check that box. I want to send you some information uh, regarding the decision that you've just made. Uh, it's a little booklet. tells you what your next steps are. Your first most important next step is to find a good church to belong to. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. If you, if you don't like it here, if you think the, the pastor's long-winded or you know he gets too excited, we'll find a great, we want to help you find a great church because the most important thing is that you get plugged into a body of believers so that you can grow and know more about Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, call up. We're going to do the tithes. Uh, so come on up. Uh, as the tithe is coming, I want to just uh, encourage um, two things. Number one, uh, word of knowledge. 
Someone have a right elbow that has pain? If there's anybody here that has a right elbow with pain, we've got a, we've got a word of knowledge for right elbow for pain. Two, we've got two. Anybody else, uh, I'm gonna have you come over to this side for prayer and healing after service. And um, Amy's gonna meet you there. Uh, she had that word of knowledge, so I want her and the prayer team to pray for you together, whoever had that. And um, the Lord gave me a word for Colleen. Uh, the Lord uh, just is, every time I look, looked at you today throughout service, I just heard the Lord saying that um, your name should be Mary because Mary had, the, the, Mary had this one thing encounter. She had this deep devotion to Jesus. And I see that in you, that God wants to bring you to this place of deep encounter. And it's not that he's actually changing your name, but it's just that uh, he wants you to be in this place of deep encounter with him. And he's going to begin to draw you away into that secret place. So just be prepared. Be ready. For, be open for that. Brian. All right. Thank you, Pastor Matt. That's awesome. Well, there are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. Um, there is a card in the chair backs or the slide right on the screens that are explaining all those different ways. Um, boy, that was a that was a great sermon. You know, one, one of the things that Pastor Matt talked about was, uh, you know, our words, right? Our words is an indication of our heart and that we need to, we need to obviously surrender all areas of our life. Have we surrendered our finances to the Lord? What are the words that we're sowing into our finances are we sowing sowing lack? Or are we sowing abundance? Because his word says, Third John one two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, and be in health just as your soul prospers in all things. That's including our finances, including all aspects of our life, because. God isn't concerned about, he doesn't want the poverty mindset. He doesn't want us necessarily to be rich. Maybe some of us call to that. He wants us to have the wealth mindset, his mindset. He wants our thoughts and our heart to be of what he, what, what he calls our finances to be. God's math is different than our math. God says two plus two is a thousand. What? <laughs> That's God's math. That's God's math. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everybody here. Just help us, help us as we enter into your presence more and more and more that we just envelop more of your mindset of how you think, of how you, what your ways are, Father, and we can apply that in all aspects of our life, Father. Thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, like Pastor Matt said, there's praying, uh, there, there's a prayer and healing team is available if you need um, at the uh, bottoms of the screens. And other than that, see you next week.